only promote the truth. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Welcome, 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 welcome to a Promote the Truth Truth Session. We're going to call this the most important word in the world. As you come on, share your name, where you're coming in from. Share this out. Share it, share it, share it to anybody that you feel needs more clarity spiritually. There's a lot of things being said spiritually, and there's more of, a, of an, a spiritual awakening now than ever, than there's ever been. So we're getting everybody dialed in. Come on. Shabbat Shalom, everyone, for those that are not aware of the real creator's calendar. You want to know how to be on the correct time for the creator, just go over to promotethetruth.com. And then you'll be able to click on a link that talks about the creator of the calendar. And we show you how to tell track of time appropriately. So Shabbat Shalom to everyone. And uh, I'm getting ready to dial in here. And I see we got folks come on, coming on. Make sure you leave a comment, all that kind of good stuff, where you're coming in from. And there will be thousands of people that watch this replay. I predict. I predict thousands of people will watch this replay and they begin to perpetuate. Why? Because we take these and then we also load them on our YouTube channel. So if you go over to youtube.com forward slash promote the truth, you'll be able to see all the videos that we're posting. And we're going to continue to load that up with more and more content. As a matter of fact, I made a decision that I'm going to try at least once a week as I have lessons come to me. Now I study daily in the scriptures. Now, I've been intensely studying scriptures since 1992. That's 30 years. When I looked at that, I think I was just thinking of that yesterday. I'm like, my goodness, you've been studying this for 30 years. And so I began a deep, 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 deep dive in 2004. And it took me about three plus years to figure out a lot of spiritual truths. But it's a combination of, you're talking about 30 years now of this type of study. So what I want to get into right now is the subject for today. How many of y'all would love to be able to get information that you can count on, that you can depend on, that is not influenced or manipulated by outside influences? You see, because I went on my own personal study, my own personal journey, I didn't know, I no longer needed a pastor or a deacon or a scholar to tell me what I should believe. The scripture says, study to show thyself approved. So I decided that being that I'm going to be accountable to my life, and I'm going to be responsible for answering to the creator eventually, one day, I better have my own thoughts. So the first thing we want to do here, when we cover the subject of the most important word in the world, I want to ask you, do you believe you own your thoughts? 
Are your beliefs your beliefs or is it what someone else has bestowed upon you or influenced upon you? And guess what? For most of us, how can we help but having someone else influence us? When we were born to parents, around grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, so we were raised by somebody and whoever that somebody or somebodies were, they influenced us and we began to learn things. Now, the issue is, is what we have learned thus far in our life, is it the right way of the truth? That's it. And so the scriptures, it makes mention of that pride comes before destruction. And what most people do is they become so prideful about what they were influenced to believe rather than doing some inventory, looking and going, okay, is it possible that I may have been misled? Now, here's the thing with most people. Most people, parents, right? Grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, most are not intentionally trying to mislead anybody. They just are going by what they were taught. But the key here is, is that the scriptures teach us that when you seek for me with all your heart, then I will be found. We are to love our creator with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And if we love him with all of our mind, because a lot of people love him with their heart, they love him with their soul, right? But what most people don't do in my experience is love the creator with all their mind meaning they went and dug and dug for him to find out why are they here? Who is he? What is he about? Does he exist? And if we go and really put the time in, in my experience, I'm 53 years on this earth at the time of this recording. In my experience, if we simply remove all pride, all preconceived ideas, all, here's the big one, traditions. Just remove them. And we focus on digging and seeking for our creator and our savior with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength. Then he will be found. And you will know the truth. And that truth will set you free emotionally mentally, and most importantly, spiritually. So I want to cover what came in my spirit yesterday is the topic of what is the most important word in the world? Now, I'm going to tell you, in my experience, over 53 years, I've come to the conclusion that the word Yahuwah is the most important word in the world. Now, if you want to pronounce it from an English spelling, it's easily pronounced through the words, and you can type these in. If you're commenting, type these in. Y-A-H-U-A-H, -H, Yahuwah. The Hebrew four vowels that he wrote his name with, with his own finger, the Hebrew 
which you see the picture that I announced this training on is yod. So it's the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew vowel, right? Yod, and then hey, and then ua, and then hey. Yod, hey, ua, hey. And when you pronounce those words and you give them the pronunciation, no matter what language you want to use in the world, because the thing about a word, when it's attached to a name, a name does not change in translations as far as pronunciation. So your name, my name, in all languages is pronounced the same. They don't give you a different name on your passport or your driver's license when you go to another country. And if you happen to move to another country, your name is going to be your name that you were born with unless you decide to legally change your name. And that name, whatever you change it to, will be pronounced the same all over the world. Now, words, words that are description words, that are communication words, they can be translated. But it's important to understand that the foundation, I see everybody comment, I like this. I like this. Keep the comments, keep sharing. The foundation of the most important word in the world is these four Hebrew vowels. Now, why are they so important? Because he said, the creator of all said, this is what his name is. So you have to make a decision. What is your basis of faith? What's your basis of truth? Is it your opinion or is it scripture? And if it's scripture, what scriptures? Where did they come from? Were the scriptures originally written in English? No. Were they originally written in Greek? No. Were they written in Latin? No. Were they written in Aramaic originally? Some of them. Oh, check that out. Were they written in Hebrew? Most of them were. So the original scriptures were either written in Hebrew or Aramaic. Fact. Now that is determined both scholarly, theologically, and scientifically. Nobody's arguing that key point. So why are these words and the subject of words so important today. So I've got some notes that I took the time because this is such an important subject. I took the time and I made some notes that I want to share with you. So allow me to read from my notes, but these are my notes, okay? Why are words important? Let's first define the word word. The word word is defined as a unit of language consisting of one or more spoken sounds or their written representation, pay attention, that functions as a principal carrier of meaning. The purpose of a word is defined as being the principal carrier of the meaning. That is massive. See, most people don't stop and take the time to define what it is that they believe in. I want to challenge you today through this lesson to define what you believe. Get a dictionary. 
I would encourage you to actually become an etymologist, which is the study of the origin of words and find out where they come from. Now let's break down things about words from my notes. You see, words can uphold and promote the truth or words can nurture and perpetuate a lie. That's how important word and words are. They can either uphold and promote the truth or they can perpetuate and nurture a lie. We use words to track history, to describe the natural universe, and to even give meaning to realistic visions of things that exist only in fantasy. So when you fantasize, when you're dreaming, and then you go to, to tell somebody about it, what are you going to use? You're going to use words. Words are critical. You know it and I know it. So the one thing we got to do when it comes to getting to the truth is we have to stop being choosy with what we decide to believe when it comes to words. We can't say words are important here and not important there. All words are critical. Keep going. Here I go. Spoken words are thought. What are you thinking? How, how does anybody know what you're thinking? It's when you speak it or you write it. And they can be so powerful that it can literally create your world. These words can create your world. They can create creatures, animals. Words can create human beings. It says in the scripture that the creator spoke the word world into existence through what? Through words, not just through thoughts. You see, when you're thinking, you're thinking thoughts that are what? are words, your thoughts are words, and then you express them verbally or you write them down. Words do have power, yes or no, absolutely. Words are incredibly powerful. I noted here that the meaning of words, it, it literally crystallizes your perceptions that shape your beliefs, how you got to believe what you believe. So when I said the most important word in the world is Yahuwah, you either believe that or you don't. And if you don't believe it, it's because you are shaped thus far not to believe it. I'm asking you to be open to these words that I'm speaking to see if we can reason if they be true, if they make any sense. Words, they drive our beliefs. They drive our behavior and ultimately create our own world. The power of words is shown to be evident from our emotional responses when we read, when we speak, or someone says them to us. We hear them. Why do people get in arguments? They get in arguments because of what somebody said to them or what somebody did to them. And when they did it, it was done through words. I'm going to do this to that person. Why do spouses argue? Well, you said this to me. You made me feel this way, that way. That's the power of words. Let's don't act like words don't have power. 
Words are the most powerful thing in the world. Have you ever thought of that? Let's keep going. Why is it important to understand the meaning of words? As I note here, comprehension, your comprehension, your understanding improves when you know what a word means. True or false? Yeah. So you get more learned, you get more confident when you know what a word means. So since learning and comprehension is the ultimate goal, when you read or you write, are you here? You cannot, I cannot, we cannot overestimate the importance of our vocabulary. Listen, our vocabulary development. We have to continue to grow. I'm going to prove it here that some of the most famous names of all time, they were challenged to grow. And you got to do the same thing. I got to keep doing the same thing. Again, share this with somebody you know that needs to hear this message because it's only going to get hotter. It's only going to get deeper. Here we go. So this is important. Words, this is huge, what I'm about to say. Words are the currency of communication. Woo! Words are the currency of communication. Y'all type that in the chat here for those that are watching this on a live stream platform. If you're making comments on the video, just put that in. Words are the currency of communication. A robust, extensive vocabulary, what will it do? It will improve all areas of your life, of communication, of your listening, of your speaking, of your reading, of your writing, and again, of your life. The more you expand your understanding and comprehension of words, the stronger you become. If you are weak, increase the understanding of words and you will become strong. That's how important words are. So what is the meaning of learning Language, you know, language learning is an active process that begins from the time you are conceived, not just born. From the time you are conceived, you have this active process of language learning and it continues throughout your entire life. People learn language, why? as a means to communicate their thoughts, their feelings, and their experiences, to establish relationships with family members and friends and a loved one. How do you fall in love if you don't use words? Imagine a relationship and all you do is look at that person, they look at you and you never say anything. You never write anything. You never leave voice messages. You gonna just look at each other to death? to love, to life? No, there is no life with a relationship without words. You've got to have words. It's going to establish who you are. That's how important words are. Now, the most important word in the world, now that we've established how important words are, the most important word that has ever been is the word Yahuwah. And I'm going to prove it. 
why it's the most important word in the world. In the scriptures, that name, Yahuwah, is used approximately 7,000 times. Here's the question. In your King James, in your New King James, in your NIV, in your New American Standard, right? in your living Bible, whatever translation that's an English translation that you grew up learning, how many times of the 7,000 or so times did you ever see the word Yahuwah? None. Let's go. Born 1968, Jane Nolan. Born 1968, here I go, 68. 78, 10 years, still hadn't heard the name Yahuwah. Going to church, dang near every Sunday, never heard the name Yahuwah. All right, here goes 88, 20 years old now, still hadn't heard the name Yahuwah. Okay, 2008, 30 years, still hadn't heard the name Yahuwah. Around scriptures, around church, reading Bibles, Bible studies, chaplain services. How many of y'all can relate to what I'm saying? If you can, put it in the chat. You go to church, you go on a missionary trip, you have people knocking on your door. You got this particular religious group, right? You got Jehovah Witnesses, they're claiming, oh man, oh man. They're saying this certain name. That's not the name Yahuwah. That's not the right name. You got this group saying it. You got another group. You got another group. All these people going out, doing missionary trips, churches on almost every corner today, picking up Bibles, and almost 7,000 times in the original writings, in the early writings, the name Yahuwah fact is in there. Not maybe, not guessing, not games. It's there. Now, let's figure out why it is not there anymore for all these translations. Well, if I look at the New American Standard preface, would everybody please challenge yourself and everybody you meet in regards to anything doing with the scriptures of the Bible from now on? Would you please say, before we have an in-depth conversation, would you please read the preface of your Bible, please? That starts with you. Everybody read the preface of the New American Standard. Go read an NIV. Go read a New King James. Go read them. And in those prefaces, here's what it says. I'm going to read from the New American Standard preface. The proper name of G-O-D, who people say God, right? In the Old Testament, in the scriptures, the name of G-O-D is most significant. So they admit it. They, they just sit there and admit it's, the, it's most significant and understandably so. It is inconceivable to think of spiritual matters without a proper designation for the supreme deity. In their own preface, they're saying it is inconceivable to think of spiritual matters without giving it a proper, giving the spiritual matter a proper designation for the supreme deity. They said, that's gotta be the most important thing we gotta do. 
Thus, then they go ahead and say, thus, now that you're ready to cancel what they just said. Thus, the most common name for the deity is G-O-D, God. A translation of the Hebrew Elohim. The normal word for master is Lord. A rendering coming from Adonai, the Hebrew word Adonai. Adonai. There is yet another name which is particularly assigned to G-O-D. Now they're saying, hold on. We're talking that it's important. Then we're saying, oh, thus, now we're coming back saying, boy, this is particularly assigned to G-O-D. As his special or proper name. And that is the four letters, Hebrew letters, the vowels. The tetragrammaton, the yod, the hey, the ua, the hey. And then it gives some scripture verses. It gives Exodus 3.14. And then it gives Isaiah 42.8. It tells you to go reference it. This name has not been pronounced by the Jews because of reverence for the great sacredness of the divine name. Who told them that? Who gets to decide whether you pronounce it or not? What man or woman on earth gets to make the decision whether you pronounce the name of the supreme deity? Therefore, it was consistently pronounced and translated, Lord. They admit they changed it. Now, how many times growing up in church, hearing people talk about spiritual things, Christianity and all these other different religions. How many times have you heard the word Lord? How many times have you heard the word God? I want y'all to type it in and say if that's the most dominant thing you've heard when it comes to the supreme being is Lord or God, would y'all please comment? And if you can't comment, please write down, say something, communicate, show energy here and participate with this craziness that you see going on right before your eyes and your ears. It says the only exception to this translation of those four Hebrew letters is when it occurs in immediate proximity to the word Lord, that is Adonai. In that case, it is regularly translated to G-O-D in order to avoid confusion. Who's causing the confusion? All right, give me something to drink. Who in the world is causing the confusion? They are causing the confusion. Who's they? The translators. The ones that the Savior warned us about. He said, whoa, to you scribes, scribes, i.e. translators, and woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe to you. See, we got, he says, beware of them. We've been told to beware of translators. Look, the NIV, New International Version says, in regards to the divine name, then they put the four Hebrew letters again. Yod, hey, ua, hey. Pronounced as Yahuwah. 
A third grader can understand this. Not even a third grader. My son, since he was three, four, five years old, he understood this word. It's the most important word. In regard to the divine name, yod heh commonly referred to as the tetragrammaton, the translators adopted, that means they decided, the device, look at this crafty word, used in most English versions, notice, English versions, rendering the name as Lord in capital letters to distinguish it from Adonai another Hebrew word rendered as Lord. They just said, we're going to decide to not even say what it really says. Why? Listen, it says, version is Lord, okay? Hebrew word rendered as Lord, for which small letters are used. Wherever the two names stand together in the Old Testament as a compound name of G-O-D, they are rendered as sovereign Lord. Look at the great extent these people are using what? They are using words. Let me go back to how I started this. I said earlier that words can either uphold or promote the truth, or they can nurture and perpetuate a lie. We are seeing face value in the preface of these Bibles that these people are using words to perpetuate and nurture a lie, true or false. I'm reading it. You're hearing it. You should take the time. One of the most important lessons you ever had in your life is happening right here, right now. It's an eternal lesson. In eternity, I believe this conversation you will be reminded of and either applauded for understanding and, and applying, or you will be held accountable for ignoring the truth, when you heard the words of truth, these people are admitting it. Come on, here we go. They're going to render it. Because for most readers today, the phrases, the Lord of hosts and God of hosts have little meaning. They're admitting they got little meaning. This version renders them the Lord Almighty. They said they're going to make it better because God of hosts and Lord of hosts, it don't do it enough justice. So they had the words Almighty and God Almighty. So they believe the word Almighty is sufficient to replace the most important word in the scriptures. Yahushua the Messiah warned us of these people. These renderings convey the sense of Hebrew, namely, he who is sovereign over all hosts, over all powers in heaven and on earth, especially over the host of Israel. For readers acquainted with Hebrew, this does not make clear the distinction between Sabaoth host or almighty, and should die, which can also be translated as almighty. So they're saying, if you understand Hebrew, this ain't going to make too much sense to you. Did y'all see what these people try to do to us? When, but it says, but the latter infrequently 
and it's always footnoted. They say, oh, but we always give it a little footnote. When Adonai and yod hey uah Yahuwah, Sabaoth, occur together, they are rendered, changed to the Lord, the Lord Almighty. As for other pronouns with familiar spellings, the King James Version are generally retained. Y'all got to come on. Is this helping anybody? Y'all tell me if y'all are here with comments if this is helping anybody, okay? This is, this is crazy. That's why we had to stop. I had, this came on my spirit yesterday. We have got to stop and make people understand how important a word is. Why? Y'all ready? Grab your scriptures or write this verse down. Mishla, which is the real name for the book Proverbs. 18. Just going over to Mishla 18. Now I'm going to tell you where to turn to. So I'm going to go on over to Mishla. I'm going to go to chapter 18. And I want to go. I'm going to grab it. One second. And this is good. Yeah, man. Hold on. I'm going to get you straight here because I want to line this up. I got my notes here. This is important because I got my notes. And <laughs> Before I go to Mishnah, I want to say this. I want you to go to Matit Yahoo because I want to set this up. That's why I looked at this, how I did my notes. I'm like, nah, hold on. I want to set this up right, okay? I want you to go to Matthew, Yahoo, Matthew. I want you to go to chapter 12, verse 36. We're going to read verse 37, all right? Matthew, Yahoo, chapter 12, 36, 37. This is the Savior talking, okay? This is the Savior talking. There we go. What does he say? I was giving somebody some time. But I'm going to go ahead and go. And I say to you, and I say to you, that for every idle word men speak, people speak, people speak, they shall give an account in the day of judgment. For by your words, you shall be declared righteous, and by your words, you shall be declared unrighteous. You've heard other renderings. By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Now it's set up because the Savior said how important words are. Now, who are we going to believe? Translators, scribes, pastors, men, human beings, women, human beings? Are we going to believe the Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach, of all? He said, by your words, our words, we will either be considered righteous and by our words, he didn't say anything else. He said, by our words, we will either be considered righteous or by our words, we will be considered unrighteous, either justified or condemned. That's from the Savior. Back it up. What does Solomon, Shalom I say? Go to Proverbs 18.21, okay? So if we go to Proverbs 18.21, what does it say? It says, death and life 
are in the power of the tongue. See how that's set up now? That's set up because the Savior says something, and it's clear. Shalomai knew it. The wisest man that's ever lived, they say. That's ever been recorded, the wisest person ever says, hey, death and life are in the power of your tongue, your words. Shema. Sign name Exodus, chapter 9. Verse 16, listen to this. Yahuwah is speaking himself as he's, getting, he's delivering the people out of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt. He says, and for this reason, I have raised you up. How many of you want to be raised up? How many of you want a better life? How many of you want more understanding? How many of you want to be happy? Really happy, really happy, really fulfilled. How many of you want to remove doubt, remove fear, remove all nonsense out of your life? Listen to what the creator of all says. And for this reason, I have raised you up. And he's saying, I will raise you up. It's a challenge and a statement. In order to show you my power, Yahuwah, the Most High, wants to show us his power. And he says, in order to declare my name in all the earth. Ooh. He says, if you want to see his power in your life, you got to declare his name throughout the entire earth. If you want his power, this is beautiful. Now let's go and deal with pride. Let's deal with shame. Let's deal with, man, I did not know because I understand it. I went, okay. <laughs> 78, 88, 2008, now I come to 2007, almost 40 years. 39 years of my life, I never heard the name Yahuwah. Almost 39 years. In two, May of 2007, I thank him right now. I found his name. Guess when I found his name? I got to the point in life where I was so frustrated with lies and manipulation and not being able to count on anything solid in the scriptures I was reading because I was doing everything I can to read and apply, to live, to walk. As, as, as Paul says, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was doing everything in my time to be a Christian of Christians at that time. I was evangelizing. I was witnessing. I was handing out tracts. I was keeping myself in the right order, righteous life. And yet I was so just confused inside. Y'all ever been there? Y'all understand what I'm saying? You ever been like something not right? Because I would pray and this other name starts with a J, ends with an S. I would pray that name, and sometimes it seemed like something would happen, but most of the time it wouldn't happen. But the scripture says, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Well, what's anything? It's anything. Well, why does it not happen all the time like it should happen all the time? Because by your faith, it will be given to you.
accordingly. So I want to, I want to empathize. I want to come in. I want to share with you. I want to have you understand. Don't feel ashamed. Don't feel brokenhearted if you didn't get this name right. For you that's watching this recording and you never understood this, don't go into pride mode and go, man, how could I, how could I be misled? Well, go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. If I go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, I'm going to see what's happened. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And that, and the great dragon was thrown out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who leads the entire world astray. He was thrown to the earth. This being that was considered the most foul ever was thrown here where we're at, the earth. And his messengers were thrown out with him. So they, him and his messengers go about and spend all their energy, all the time they can in getting people to be confused, deceived. Family, family. That's why you didn't know. But it's okay. Because guess how, guess who else didn't know? Musha, Moses, many years of his life, he did not know the name of Yahuwah. How critical of a person in history is Musha, is Moses? Massive. You know how major his name is. Well, if he didn't know, but he found out, it's okay for you not to have known and you find out. Let's go check out the story. Let's go over to Shema chapter three, which is Exodus chapter three, verse 13 through 15. Let's read Moses, one of the most powerhouse figures of all time, Musha. His real name is Musha. One of the most powerful figures of all time. He's having a conversation with Yahuwah, the creator of all. But before he knows his name, in verse 13, and Musha said to Elua, to the mighty one, see, when I come to the children, I mean, when I go to the children of Israel, Israel, and I say to them, the Elua, or the creator, the mighty one of your fathers has sent me to you. And then they say to me, what is his name? You notice it? <laughs> What shall I say to them? Come on, everybody. Let's don't feel bad. Let's don't. Here's Moses. Busha. He's saying, now, when I go back down here and talk to these people like you want me to do, huh, what do you want me to do? When I go down there and talk to them, they're going to ask me this specific question. What's the question, family? They're going to say, what is his name? Then he says, what shall I say to them? What does that mean? Moses admits, I don't know your name. And Alua then says to Musha, Haya, Asher, Haya. So he says the Hebrew words, Haya, Asher, Haya, which means I am that which I am. Now he wasn't saying that's his name. He's making a statement about his being. Because if you study the words higher, asha, higher, it means to be, to exist, always has been, always will be. 
So he wanted to establish that. How do we know? Because we just got to keep reading. Most people go, his name is I am that I am, the great I am. I'm like, no, it's not. You stop reading. Keep reading to finish the full context. In verse 14, right? He says, I am that I am. Hayashahaya. Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And Alua said further. So now he's going to go on and clarify further. See, finish the context, family. And he says further to Musha, thus you are to say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, those four Hebrew vows that they are saying in the preface that they're saying they removed. Right there is one of the about 7,000 instances where they took it out and put the word Lord there instead of those Hebrew letters, which are pronounced Yahuwah, Y-A-H-U-A-H. Yahuwah, the Alua of your fathers, the Alua of Abraham, the Alua of Isaac, who we know as Isaac, the Alua of Yakub, who we call Jacob, has sent me to you. Listen to what he says. This is my name forever. And this is my remembrance to all generations. So if he said that's his name forever, what priest, what rabbi, what preacher, what scholar, what translator has the right to say, nope, we ain't going to make your name to be remembered forever throughout all generations. Are you part of all generations? I am. I'm still going. This says all generations, not some generations, not all the way up until a certain point. It says all. And we know this is critical because in Shema, several more chapters later, chapter 20, verse 7, he gives the commandments. And the third commandment, he says, you do not bring the name of Yahuwah. He says specifically, those four vows. You do not bring the name of Yahuwah, your Alua, to not. For Yahuwah does not leave the one unpunished who brings his name to not. He says he's not going to leave not one person that brings his name to nothing unpunished. He reiterates it in Debarim, Deuteronomy. The real name is Debarim, chapter 5, verse 11. Put it in the notes. Debarim, Deuteronomy 5, 11. He reiterates the commandment. He says, you do not bring the name of Yahuwah, your Alua, to not, for Yahuwah does not leave him unpunished. Who brings his name to not? He doubled down on it. In Yahshiyahu 42.8, which is Isaiah, Yahshiyahu is his real name. Notice they changed their names. I know why they changed their names. Because listen to Isaiah's real name, Yahshiyahu. What is the name of the creator? Yahuwah, Yahshiyahu. What does Yasha mean in Hebrew? It means salvation. Yahshiyahu, salvation is Yahuwah. Oh, his name is a witness. Ooh, wow. Acts 10, Acts 10, 43, to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, we have deliverance of sins. So we have him in Yahshiyahu 42.8. Remember that in the preface, <laughs> they said it over in the preface of, of, uh, of the New American Standard, they quote 
his name being said in Isaiah 42, 8. And now I'm reading you what they said that they changed. He says in Yahshua 42, 8, I am Yahuwah. That is my name. In my esteem, I do not give to another, nor my praise to items. So when you say G-O-D, L-O-R-D, he says, I'm not going to give my esteem to anybody else or any other names. He said, this is my name forever. Remember? He says over in Yahshua, further in 52, verse 6, Isaiah 52, 6, therefore, <clears throat> my people shall know my name. In that day, for I am the one who was speaking. See, it is I. Yahuwah says, my people shall know my name. If you want to be one that is with the most high for all time, you must know his name. No, we got a dilemma. Because what about grandma, granddaddy, mama, daddy, aunts, uncles that died and they didn't know his name? He is just. That's why you got to go study the resurrections. Now you understand the importance of words? By your words, you'll be justified. By your words, you'll be condemned. By our words, the acceptance or rejection of, we're going to have an opportunity if we accept, if you study the resurrections, the people that did not know will have an opportunity to know in the resurrections. So don't worry about holding on to pride or ancestry worship because your ancestors didn't get it right. My grandfather didn't know about Yahoo. He died in 2000. My grandmother died in 2004. They died, they died seven and four years after I found out. So my grandfather died seven years before I found out. My grandmother, I should say three years before I found out. She died in 2004. So I can't sit around going, man, because I love them with all I got. But if I want to have them be justified, and have an opportunity for salvation, my prayer is, Yahuwah, allow me to witness to them in the resurrection. That's a whole nother level training. How many of y'all like for me to train on that? If you'd like for me to train on that, give me some comments if you would love for me to train on the resurrections and what happens, what goes on in that thousand year reign when Yahusha, the son's name, they changed that. He said, I come in my father's name. Read John. I did go to the YouTube channel and look at my John chapter 17 lesson where I break down how Yahushua said that his name and the father's name are the same. His name is only a description of who he and the father is. His name, Yahushua, Yahu, short for Yahuwah, Shah, salvation. His name is Yahuwah, salvation. There is no other name given among humans by whom we must be saved. There's only one name and it's the most important word ever because without it, you cannot receive remission of sins or the scriptures are a lie. And we know that can't be true. Conclusion, why does the word and the name Yahuwah why is it so serious, I should say? Why is the word Yahuwah, the name Yahuwah, which is just a word, why is it so serious from here on out as you go out of this lesson? All right, number one, because salvation is through his name. 
So you have to call on his name. People say, what must I do? If you really heard this lesson, you should be saying to yourself, what must I do in order to be saved? Repent. That means say, I'm sorry. Don't get prideful. I'm sorry. I didn't know, Father. I didn't know your name. I didn't know your ways. Just repent. Say that. I didn't know your name. I didn't know your ways. I didn't know your commandments. I didn't understand them. I am sorry. Then call on his name. Just say it out loud. Go in the shower. Put some water. Let it run on you. And yell out, Yahuwah, save me. He promises he'll do it. Yahukanen. Hear that name? Yahukanen. Yahuwah is grace. Yahu, Yahuwah Kanan is grace, which is named, sign name for John, the immerser, the baptizer, says, I baptize you with water. But one's coming after me whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to tie. He will baptize you with fire. When you call upon his name the right way, go find you some water. And let that water run on you. Be immersed in that water and call on his name and watch him give you the fire. I can't get it out of me. I don't care what they say about me, what they do to me. Man, I'm all up over Revelation 3, where he says, though I got a little strength, yet I have not denied your name. Read the Revelation chapter 3, where he talks about, I am renewing, reestablishing my name. And if you only have a little strength, just hold on to his name. That's number one, salvation. Number two is for praise. The number one reaction to recognizing his name is to break out in praise. He wants you to praise his name. So one, salvation. Two, for praise. Three, for honor. He wants you to honor his name. He says this throughout all the scriptures. He says call. He says praise. He says honor. Yahuwah's name is so important to him that he says we must do it. He made it a commandment. Number four, proclaim his name. He wants his name spread throughout all over the world. I read it to you in the scriptures. For this reason, I have raised you up to proclaim my name throughout the world. So we got to proclaim his name. Number five, we got to trust in his name. If we trust in his name, all fear goes away. See you. Bye. We ain't afraid of nothing. When we, when we hold on to his name, because in his name is the power to stand. Number six, love his name. Yahuwah wants us to show him that we love him, but not being ashamed, but by loving his name. Look at Daoud, David. He wrote one psalm after the next, and it was almost, I should say it was predominant. Over a hundred times, he claimed his name, went nuts. And you got an opportunity to do the same. So the most important word in the world is Yahuwah. And hopefully I've reasoned that out. I ask y'all to appreciate my passion. I don't apologize for it. I'm excited because I got the fire of Yahuwah, Hamashik, the Messiah that's in me. Now that he has come, you realize that Yahusha, is Yahuwah in the flesh. And he paid the price for you and I. And then he resurrected and now 
has taken his post back and he's been given the name above all names. He's Yahuwah the Messiah. And I pray to you through Yahuwah Ruach, his spirit, Ruach means spirit, that this word touches you, that you share it, that it helps you, and that you do those six things, that you call on his name. I want you to call on his name. I want you to praise his name, honor his name. I want you to proclaim his name, trust his name, and love his name. It's been a great session. I love y'all. Wishing y'all the ultimate of the best. See you next time. Go to promotethetruth.com. Join our newsletter. Scroll down to the bottom. Join the newsletter. We're going to start giving out notices and newsletters on all the upcoming information we got going out. We get a lot of requests. We'll start doing more. We love you in the name of Yahuwah, the most important word in the world. Bye-bye. Only promote the truth. <laughs>